it's Jarek Bickley and Murata will be live from Salt River Fields tomorrow talking Diamondbacks. Tune in at 6 a.m. tomorrow on Bickley Murata Mornings. You hump? We really, like now that we've gone to a game, Wolf, doesn't it feel weird to not be out in Goodyear for the this game that's starting right now? We should just do every show from a different stadium. It does feel weird. Once again, the Cactus League booming here in the desert. Oh, yeah, we got both teams from the World Series. By the way, did you pop this off? Who potted this off right here? They were just here this weekend. They were just here. Really? Yeah, it's at uh, Tempe Beach Park. Innings Fest. Yeah. Did you go, Rick? I didn't no, come. I wanted to. Uh, I I wanted to go to Extra Innings Fest, too. Now there, there's two of them. Yeah. Now there's just innings everywhere. But, Wolf, you missed the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I know. Now, I've never seen them in person. You know, weird thing about... I hear they're good in person as well. I don't know. Well, how I would they be so. bad? <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Well, what if they didn't play the song? You'd be very disappointed. They have a lot of songs. I would be. You know, I don't know how often you go to L.A., but every time, if you're <laughs> in L.A., often. <laughs> Not off. If you ever turn the radio on in L.A. Like, I would never choose to go to L.A. Well, it's not Rushford. I, I'm <laughs> it's not Cabo. <laughs> you know what? Rushford is very, very nice. It's quaint. Yeah, I'm sure it's it quiet is. quiet as a matter but of fact. But it's not L.A. It's not L.A. It's, in fact, the exact why opposite of L.A. Why would you go to uh, Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, why would you go to L.A.? Well, but you cover, you, you travel with a football team that goes there at least once a year. Yeah, of course. So, so you're there at least yeah. once a year. So the yes. next time you're there, okay. turn the radio on in the car to any of their music stations, yeah. and I guarantee you they'll be playing the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really? It's the weirdest thing. Okay. Anytime you go to L.A., it's all they play on the radio. <laughs> it's like they just discovered a band who I'm pretty sure is from L.A., aren't okay. they? Nice. Uh, anyway, the Diamondbacks are playing right now. Eduardo Rodriguez, they're getting started right now. Eduardo Rodriguez uh, pitched yesterday, and the results, they weren't great. He, he logged one full inning. He pitched into the second, but he didn't get any outs. One inning, four earned runs, two home runs. Uh, this is what he said afterwards. Yeah, um, I was strong with pitches. Uh, almost right where he wanted. Command was a little off, so but overall, I feel good. Uh, but also, was right where he wanted, like 90 to 92, back in 93 sometimes. So overall, everything was good. Just location, the that's the one that, that's what we're going to be training for. What do you take from spring training outings usually? Do you just do you worry about results at all, or is it all about? No, I mean, I mean, I've been spring training so much times already that I know, like, yeah. I know how it is. You know, like, there is some spring training that I, I think I give it like two runs in the whole spring training. There is some that I give it a lot of runs. So, like, for me, it's just more to, to working on what I'm working. Like, today was more working on, on my command and all that. It was off. So, like, that's something that I still need to work on it. But overall, like, I'm feeling good with all my pitches. So. And Velocity was right what he wanted, which was like 90 to 93. So, overall, I take the, the good part out of it. And the good thing is, like, these results over here don't count. So, that's perfect. He doesn't seem real concerned about the, uh, the results. You know, when I, when I listened to Eduardo talk about his outing yesterday, the only thing I can hear is Jim Carrey with, I don't. <laughs> right? I forget what movie dumb that was from. Hey, it was dumb a dumb and dumber, and yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, it just, it's just the only thing I can hear. And it's its that way for so many of these guys who are established. 
Major League Baseball players, man, they, they go into spring training. Yeah, they're working more on technique, to, more on you know something specific, of course, whether it's a pitcher, whether it's a catcher, it doesn't matter, a hitter. It's just a guy that is working on something specifically. You hear this so much of the time. It's one of the reasons why I ask them that question. It doesn't matter who they are. What are you focused on? What, what are you trying to really manipulate and work on this spring? You know, in... In the NFL, you know, spring training, there is no spring training. Okay, that's OTAs for the most part. But training camp, when you go into training camp, which I think would be similar, of course, spring training going into the regular season, training camp going into the regular season. Man, it's football is, is all about where you're trying to get better in terms of knocking somebody else's face off, where your effort level is going to be. Because that's what allows you to get better and use all of the talent that you have. It comes down to your effort level. Two things about football that is so great. Your courage, and not only that, but your effort level. Those two things. Courage and your effort level. Courage, you're, you, you have to use courage because you're, you're going to be afraid at some point in time out on that football field. Even if it's for a split second. Look, everybody, it's James Conner one-on-one, and you're a safety coming up to hammer James Conner. There's going to be fear, but guess what? Courage allows you to overcome that fear and go in there and hit him with everything you've got. That's what courage does for you, man. Effort. Do it every play, Luke. Every play. No, but isn't that a state of being? No, Every play? Yeah, but again, it's a state of being. Every play. So why do you have to say every play? Yeah, just always. No, just because. It's it's a... No, no, you're conflating. You're conflating every day with every play. (laughs) They do rhyme. Okay? I know that. But every day is saying that you're doing something. You've got to do something specific where every play... Is just assumed. I feel like you want to bust another wedge. You turned Eduardo Rodriguez into running into James Conner when you uh, don't necessarily want to on a football field. Yeah, that's kind of cool right there. Thank you to all wedge busters. Thank you, wedge busters. I just think, honestly, when, when I listen to these guys talk about spring training and the way they approach it, it's for, I'm talking about established guys. Especially pitchers. It feels like pitchers in particular. Like Pitchers, you talk to enough pitchers at spring training, the veterans... They're just kind of like, eh, leave me alone. I'm working on something, okay? Yeah, you you happen to be able to watch it because I'm pitching to another team. And obviously every play starts with me because I'm the pitcher. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Yeah. That's basically what you get anytime you talk to a, a, an established pitcher. We talked to Joe Mansupply before the game started yesterday. And he was like, don't read too much into whatever happens, let's say, with Eduardo Rodriguez today. And, and, and Rodriguez hadn't given up four runs in an inning yet. At that point, the game hadn't even started. He's like, because these guys, they're all, we're all working on something. We're working on a specific thing. Now, as I said earlier, Eduardo Rodriguez, to me, is the biggest addition they made this offseason. Now, Suarez is huge. Some of these other guys are going to be meaningful, and and they may come up in huge moments this season. But overall, over 162 games, I think Eduardo Rodriguez is the biggest one because it it makes Brandon Fott your fourth starter instead of your third. And it gives you a little bit of cushion if Merrill Kelly or Zach Gallon has to miss some games this year. You know, that's the other part of this. You you can't be immune to injury, but you can back up your guys enough where you're not just destroyed if somebody has to miss two weeks. And Eduardo Rodriguez gives you a lot. 
I don't care about yesterday's outing. But if we go through the whole spring and his ERA is like 12, really? I, I, I'm at least going to be like, okay, can I have an explanation for what's yeah. going on? I, I honestly, based on and maybe this is myopic right here. I, I would just trust Eduardo Rodriguez to get it right once the regular season starts I, I, because he's got a track record of getting it right. I would too, but I guess I guess the way I'm saying it is that first start would carry a lot more weight. You know what I mean? You'd like be if, on the edge of your seat. You'd just be like, Eduardo, you had a 12.3 ERA, you know. I mean, your expectation yesterday when you were asked was a nine-pitch perfect inning from Eduardo Rodriguez, wasn't it? <laughs> three three-pitch strikeouts. That's what you yeah, were asking. That, yeah, I was being a little facetious. And then the first the pitch landed next Because to I us. followed it up with saying, <laughs> of course, there's no expectation. <laughs> when that was my expectation, okay, that this guy would go out and be so locked in, right? This is my first outing with the Arizona Diamondbacks, of course. But we all know it doesn't matter. I was being facetious. Um, here's Tori Lovello after the game. We won't miss the opportunity to teach and talk about some of the things that didn't go right um, today. And for me, that's what spring training is all about. But at some point, we got to start to eliminate the things, some of the things that we aren't doing well. And um, you know, I'm, I'm more. Um, I'm more aligned to accept it early on. <laughs> you, that's great right there. Uh, At we, some point in time, like we're going to have these? to. Yeah. <laughs> you get one one game where you go out, one outing where you go out, and you throw the first pitch, and it gets knocked out. <laughs> um, yeah. We he was a good hitter. Marcus yeah. Simeon's a good hitter. Yeah, true. Uh, all right. When we come back, the NFLPA released their latest report cards. So how does it look for the Cardinals? We'll give you all the details next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Monty Asenport and Jonathan Gadden remain committed to building around Tyler Murray. What areas need to be prioritized in this pivotal offseason? We'll discuss on today's Burns and Gambo show, 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. All right, the NFLPA released its uh, second annual team report cards today. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were ready to Sorry jam out. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's all right. Um, just to set up uh, where everybody was a year ago at this time, the Cardinals overall ranked 31st of 32 teams. This was last year. Okay. This year they are up to 27th of 32 teams. Okay. Um, we can go into some of the details of it in here in a second, but I, I featured some of this, uh, these examples from other teams. On USA Today, they have a story. Uh, the bottom five teams, according to uh, this, is an NFL PA survey goes to the players. Yeah. They, they rank last year. They were ranking on eight categories. Now it's up to eleven categories. Okay, um, the bottom five teams are the Steelers, Patriots, Chargers, Chiefs, and Commanders, according to players. Commanders. The Chiefs thirty first. The Chiefs. The, the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs wins the Super Bowl every year. Oh my goodness! Um, and the top five that's, teams. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. The top five teams are the Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, and Jaguars. And absolutely, the Dolphins have like stories about this. Oh, yeah. we're the best team. Right. Yeah. You know what's so interesting about that? This is exactly what I'm talking about in regard to um, players that, you know, just go out and win. Do your job. That's what I want to see. That's the kind of player I would want to bring in to an organization that I was trying to build. Just go do your job. Somebody who really doesn't care about the how many categories? Now 11. There? It's expanded 11, to 11. These, these 11 categories that impact you in zero ways when you go out onto the field. 
I, I, everything you need to win is right in front of you in the NFL. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs ranked number 31. How many Super Bowls have they won? How many? Well, two in the last two so they, years. They apparently don't have a bunch of guys that are walking around. Man, this place sucks. You know what? And it's <laughs> it doesn't it's, seem to be impacting. It's them. not impacting how they play at all, right? Why is that? They got guys. They're bringing in dudes, certain dudes who don't care about how nice the training room is. Well, it's all relative, and that, you know we talked about this briefly earlier, and this, you know I guess we talked about it a lot earlier actually. But I, you know one of the things that jumps out to me is take it with a grain of salt in terms of it's all relative, but also if the players are saying this, there's something to it, and and the whole mission. And I agree with that from the NFLPA. If you go on on the side of the report card, is we want to see improvement from year over year. They're not talking about specific teams; they're saying across the board. The Cardinals look. The Cardinals were in a really bad spot last year on this report card. They finished 31st, and they're listed in alphabetical order. So you can see the Cardinals <laughs> grades first before you see any other team on the on the sheet. They moved up a little bit. You know, last year there were eight categories. Still not good. Well, yeah, last year they eight categories. Uh, five of them were F's or F minuses for the Cardinals. And now there's 11 categories and only two of them are F's. Now you don't really want any F's, but I mean, there is, there is at least improvement. A lot of the categories, they went up like treatment of families. They went up from an F to a D plus uh, nutrition. They went up from an F minus to a C training room from an F minus to a C minus weight room, F minus to a C minus. There's a couple they dropped in strength coaches for whatever reason, went from an A minus to a C plus. Um, so the two F's this year for the Cardinals locker room and then owners, a new category head coach is a new category. They got an A minus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, JG is no. <laughs> That's a little shot at a guy that I love. JG, what up? You know, honestly, this I, I talked about this earlier. JG basically. was their highest grade across yeah. the board. It, it, this is important because players say it's important. So what do you make of this? The first line of the story on USA Today says, according to former defensive lineman and three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, NFL players take two assignments more seriously than other tasks they're asked to participate in. The selection of team captains and the NFL Players Association's team and facility report cards. J.J. <laughs> Watt said J. J. that? J.J. Watt said that. So he was he was he was saying that they take it too seriously. Well, he was just saying they take that and naming a captain more seriously than anything else. Okay. So, it's, so it is a big deal to the players. Yes, it is a big deal to the players yeah. right there. Okay, good. Yeah, that that's exactly what I'm saying. That's one of the reasons why you've got to listen. If you are an organization that is out there, you've got to listen. You've got to care about this. And I know the Arizona Cardinals do care about this. It's one of the reasons why I think they've made the transition. I don't know if you know this base at Orleans, but they moved all the business side of being an NFL team out of the training facility in Tempe. They've they've moved it all out at the football facility uh, in Tempe, and they've moved it into their own space for business, the business side of the of being in the NFL. And now it's just dedicated that building to football, period, which I think the improvement is underway yeah. right now, especially when it comes to all that stuff that you should never really care about if you're in the National Football League. Because you ought to just do your job and not worry about the fact that the weight room isn't top-notch. Because I guarantee you, everything you need to get stronger as a football player is inside. 
it's inside that weight room. It just doesn't look as nice as somebody else's, or it's not as big as somebody else's. But I guarantee you, everything you need to be a good football player is there. And this is the thing that drives me nuts. Yeah, no, uh, this is Jonathan Gannon yesterday, so this is before the report card came out. The report card came out this morning, but he was asked what changes he's seen since last year's NFLPA report card. Because remember, he kind of got here like right right at the same time. So what he has seen in the last year is all he has seen from the Arizona Cardinals. Truthfully, um, when I got on a job, a lot of those things that were in the works to get adjusted was not Monier and I, that was Michael. So he was adjusting to some of those things, uh, making improvements, doing, hey, I want to do this, 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 and this. Great. You know what I mean? Does it help the players? Yeah, all right, let's do it. So he had a lot of that going on before I even got on the job. And then when I got on the job, Monier and I were like, okay, you know, we could use this, we could use this. Let's set this up a little bit better. It makes it better for the players. Michael says, great, do it. Um, so he's he's been fantastic. I think uh, I don't know how that gets scored. I don't know how that gets distributed. I don't know who takes that. Um, but I think that you'll see that our players were very pleased with how they were served in 2023. You said it before. It's still overall the grades <laughs> for the Cardinals are not great, but they are they are up from last year, which is I if, if I'm understanding this right, the whole point of these report cards. I mean, it looks like the whole point of the report cards is just to embarrass some teams, but according to the NFLPA, it is to get improvements across the board. And the reason I say it might be to embarrass some teams is I'm going back to this USA Today story. It's got some uh, examples of some of the teams. Like, let's see. Uh, The Bengals players reported that half the showers in the locker room don't work properly. That seems like an issue. There you go. As an NFL team. Uh, The Titans, Tennessee makes players sit in the back of the plane where they don't fit while staff sits in the first class. That's an interesting. (laughs) Interesting way to travel. See, this is what I'm talking about. So now what what are you going to do? You 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 can't play? Is that what you're saying? Well, with Tennessee, it turns out they couldn't play. I I understand. I understand that, again, this is important to players, basically, but it it blows my mind. It does. Because I I still am a football player. Does that... (laughs) Does that is this, I, yeah, I can't get over, over I, I still think like a player, and yet I know right now that I played in a different era. I get it. You, you're talking about food? Oh, what kind of food is served at the facility? <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? Go get your own lunch. They didn't serve you anything at the facility building. You were here. You were. They paid you well. That's what they did. So, you know, find a rookie and send him out to, you know, Raising Canes and, you know, have him bring you lunch. We have any rookies around here? You know, I I look at this nutritionist. We didn't have a nutritionist. (laughs) We didn't care about a nutritionist. (laughs) We lined up and we drove the other guy into the ground. And dripped our blood all over. I just, I'm trying to envision a nutritionist trying to talk to Wolf as he's on the field. Locker room. You know what? There, there were some. There were some teams that had still had the steel lockers. Now they weren't the narrow steel lockers. There were the bigger steel steel lockers in their locker room. Well, you this, know what? I mean? Come on, ac- man. According to this story, uh, basically a quarter of the teams players still have roommates on the road. 
including Tennessee. Wow, okay. They really, this story is just basically them piling on Tennessee. That is shocking right there. So Tennessee makes their big players sit in the back of the plane while staff can sit in the front just <laughs> living it up first class. Team travel. The Arizona Cardinals, try, they have their own jet, and it's awesome. It's massive. You don't have a guy sitting next to you at all. That's my only problem with these grades. I think it's good that they do this. My only problem is it's like it's there's no way to do it relative to others. Like the Cardinals, would they get a C plus for travel? That should be, and maybe it is, but it should be way ahead of Tennessee if they're making their players travel in the back of the plane and then have roommates on the road. My goodness, but who's who's on both teams? You know, distinguishing they should just rank each one one through thirty. Once again, this is important to players today, Basin audience. It is. Makes me want to swing because all I do is see a bunch of faces, faces from guys that played with me who always had a reason why they didn't do their job. Maybe you should focus more on what's going on on the field and less about what's going on around you. Commanders 32nd last year and uh, 32nd this year. So you have to admire Yeah, that's not the case, and that's why it should be important to every NFL team. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what do the Coyotes have to do to snap this losing streak? It looked like they did everything they had to do last night, but they lost anyway. We're going to ask their head coach, Andre Turney, will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back to the show. Coyotes get the uh, the rare night off tonight, and then it is a game in Toronto on Thursday, a game in Ottawa on Friday, a game in Washington on Sunday morning. So it's another nice three games in like 70 hours stretch. Uh, joining us right now in the Arizona Sports Line is their head coach, Andre Tourney. Bear, thank you so much for the time, man. How's it going? Very good yourself, boys. We're doing good. You're doing okay, Bear. Um, let's, uh, let's start with the game last night. I, you know, I know all these games on this, uh, this slump are, are different and there's been quite a few that were very winnable, but last night in particular, it felt like you guys controlled about 99% of that game. Um, and yeah. they, Montreal just took advantage of a couple miscues and that was it. Exactly. The, the, you know, the, the game on hockey, it will never be perfect. I think yesterday we were pretty close to be. Unfortunately, we were not. So uh, they they uh, they had a few opportunities. They took advantage of it. Uh, I think that is a really really good game for for us. We we play really solid. The, the attitude of the guy on the bench. They had tried. I think they did everything they could in their power to uh, to get that the win. Unfortunately, it did not turn for us. So that's the kind of a stretch we we are in. Uh, I think there's. There's for us the, the most important thing is to keep focusing on the process and what we're doing and doing the thing right and knowing for a while that will turn at some point. So we need to stay positive. Bear, back when I was playing in the National Football League, we lost nine games in a row. And I'll never forget what that was like, of course, but there was an opportunity to actually learn something about yourself in a losing streak that was like that. I I learned, Bear, that, you know what, it was never going to change my approach. It was never going to change my approach. We might be losing as a team, but I wasn't going to lose as a player. Now, I did lose from time to time, but my point is you can... You can learn from something like this. Have you learned anything about yourself? Oh, I, learned, I learned a lot. You, you learn on yourself, like you said. 
and you learn on on your player in, in our situation. You can see who has a second gear, who really wants it, who is ready to to do whatever it takes to get out of it. I think there there, there there's good thing, there's goodness who came out come out of it, but it's not always pretty, or it's not always something you you uh, you, you will see. Uh, uh, on the highlight, but it's some something you see from the inside, and you see some guys the way they fight and the way they they want it. I think that we need to take pride of it. In it. Bear, have you? I mean, have you lost? Oh, yeah. Your temper with these guys? Yeah, I, I think, like I said, in that stretch, they were. It, it, it's not all the time. You can put that as one stretch, but they're they're. It's different. I think before the the break, before the All Star break, I think our team weren't really tired. Okay, we uh, we could see that. Okay, that's fine. And then when we came back, I think we came back at trying to create more offense and trying to generate more offense. And I think we lost ourselves at that point. I think we uh, we uh, we learned uh, that's not the team we are. And from there, there were a little bit of frustration and our commitment because we didn't want to do the right thing and generating more offense. But at the end of the day, it's not because you try to generate more offense. You need to forget uh, what you do right and to play well defense. So at that point, yes, there were a little bit of a, a little bit of a argument or not argument, but a little bit of a stuff I, I did not like. But uh, I think since then, I think I will say since, uh, probably the game against Carolina. I think the guys are doing everything they can to play the right way and do yeah. the right thing. It just doesn't doesn't turn out in, the, in our favor for now. And we're talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you just said right there, Bear, it seems like as this streak gets worse, your guys are playing harder. And it kind of goes back to what you were yeah. saying earlier of like, normally you don't have to be perfect to win a game. Last night you guys almost were and, and still lost. You have to kind of refocus them and remind them, especially after a game like the Winnipeg game or yesterday, to just sort of keep doing what they're doing and it'll turn. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they know. You know, they're, they're professional athletes. They, they're not. They didn't learn to walk yesterday. They they, they know they they're playing well, and that is as much as you you take some pride in it. You say, "Hey, we're, we're doing the right thing." It's it's not less frustrating. You're frustrated because you say, "Hey, right. what's going on here? We're playing well, and it doesn't click." So that's there, there's a there's a level of frustration. Even if we're proud of the way we play, we're, we're proud of the character we're showing and bouncing back in our performance. It's professional sports. You need to have something to show for. So, yes, there's a level of frustration, but I don't think our player lose sight of what they do right. Speaking of players, they, they cannot because it's a. We repeat that all the time, but it's a process. You, you it, it will not turn uh, easily. You, we need to keep grinding, it and good thing will happen. But that doesn't make it easy on the deal yeah no doubt about it and once again i've been involved in many many of yeah. these players only meetings have you guys had yeah. any players only meetings yes we did yes we did we, are, we you, are you okay with that bear for the most part absolutely for me that's the most the, the best meeting you know when you that's exactly what we wanted that's exactly why that stretch is important for us as an organization in the future, when we talk about the process, that's a process. You know, when when you have a, a team only a meeting, a player only meeting, 
okay, now you think, okay, now things will turn around. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> it's not. It's not that simple as yeah. that. That's. Uh, that's. It's when you when you get in a slum like that, it doesn't turn as quick as you think. You that's think, right. Okay, it's not clicking finger. Okay, now things will go better. Oh, wait, it's not that easy. So, that, when you have the second young team in the league, I guess you have to go through those process. You need to to go through that. And I said that before. It doesn't make it less pain, painful. It doesn't make it easy. Right. It's not because you go through it. It make it oh okay now it's uh, it's easy because. Uh, because we knew what the process would be and we know we know what we have to do. It's still painful because you want to win. Yesterday after the game, we were really frustrated. We were competitor. We want to win. So I, I think we learn all, uh, during that time and that will pay off at some point. Yep. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney. Uh, Barry, you guys get Toronto tomorrow in Toronto. <laughs> and the Maple Leafs are playing really good hockey. Austin Matthews playing really good hockey. But traditionally, the Coyotes and a lot of younger teams tend to play better when they're in Toronto for whatever reason. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a lot of Toronto guy in, in any every team in the NHL. It's probably the, the place, the uh, the great Toronto area or if you want Ontario uh, I think there's a lot of NHL players from there so it's just it's a team like us that there's some guys it would be their only opportunity to play in front of their family this year so uh, you have a little bit of a special special treatment there you know Toronto is no Buffalo though Bear never forget that I'm just saying Okay, perfect. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Bear, thank you, buddy. Thanks, really Bear. appreciate your candor. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, right, coach. Take care. That's uh, Andre Turney joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. What do you say? Well, okay, Buffalo if, uh, and if Toronto. So. There's always this thing going on right there, right? Well, so, you they know, were sharing you, the bills for Toronto a while. Torontoans are like, hey, are you kidding me? We're not going to Buffalo. <laughs> Well, I will say this: at least the Maple Leafs have made the playoffs recently. I have to. They have a one. I will say that Toronto was cool with the Pantages Theater. Basin audience, Google it. Uh, we come back, back to football to wrap up the show. When exactly are the Chicago Bears going to make that decision that's going to set the tone for the entire draft, and how is it going to impact the Cardinals? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's your old pal Jarrett, otherwise known as Handsome Jay. The Suns finally return to the court tomorrow night, and will Bradley Beal, Bradley Heal, enough to play? We'll talk about it tomorrow on Bickley Murata Mornings at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports. Handsome Jay. Yeah. He's otherwise known as Ferret around the newsroom. That's not Handsome Jay. For goodness. And also on his show, he's known as Ferret. Really? Yes. I didn't. You ever heard Bickley call him no. Ferret? I'm not going to go into that backstory because it almost like tore our newsroom apart one day. Okay. His name's Jarrett, so yes. that's why he calls him Ferret. Would you, you would say Jarrett rhymes with Ferret, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's, if we don't need to go any further, then that turned into Jarrett like a, does not think that it rhymes with Ferret. Yeah. He thinks Jarrett does not rhyme okay. with Ferret, which is what touched off like a. Well, I can see the problem. Yeah. And then Bickley <laughs> heard the 45 minute argument and was like, I'm just going to start calling him Ferret, to which I think Bickley should win every award there is in radio because it's the greatest thing anybody's ever done. I see. Uh, or you can call yourself Handsome Jay like Jarrett did. Yeah. Um, Ryan Poles. 
Bears GM from the combine yesterday was uh, asked, "Hey, when are you gonna like make a decision between Justin Fields and uh, Caleb Williams?" Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency, or, or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking. Um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. <laughs> so amazing right there. You could tell the reporter or the guy who asked him the question, he, he thought, you know, no, seriously. You know, seri- I, I'm trying to be serious. He was being serious. <laughs> I, I, mean, I would like to know right now. Right probably. now. I'd like to know. And he's absolutely right, man. But that's just not going to be the case. He's got an idea. We know that he's got an idea. But you don't want to ever let um, anyone else who might be interested in your spot, you don't ever want to give them any aid, comfort, or shelter. And that's the reason why you're going to keep them guessing. Correct? This is where we are on this story. There was music playing at the end of that cut. I couldn't identify it because it was a song from the 70s. Yeah. I'm not going to do it on the air, but after the show, I'm going to figure out what that song was and see if that gives us a clue to it what the Bears It was a song from the 70s. I, it sounded like one of, like, yeah, it, I'll go back and listen. It was yeah. very faintly playing in the background. Not huge on uh, 70s music, basically, even though I was, you know, of age. Yeah. I was more into the 80s when yeah. I started to I'm sorry, it wasn't listen, an 80s song. I know, exactly. And maybe it was from, like, 1980. I don't know. But it sounded like one of those, like, 70s, like, foreigner Super okay. cramped, those ones that like all kind of blend together for Especially me. Especially late 80s, going into the grunge era, into the 90s. Guns N' Roses into yes, grunge. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have pegged you for a Guns N' Roses and grunge fan at all. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> pretty. You're so funny. <laughs> I know. Here's more from Ryan Poles, uh, what he would want in return for the number one pick if they decided to stay with Justin Fields. Yeah, it's hard to say right now. Um, but it's, it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year. Um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. There is music in the background, right? Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I did, but I couldn't tell what it? it was. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, either way. Um, Let me hear it again, Mel. What do you got? You want to hear it again? Yeah. Well, that was probably the better cut for it, right? Okay. All right, yeah. Here we go again. Don't listen to Ryan Poles as Ryan Poles talks, okay? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Oh, what is that? Oh, what is that? Yes. Come on, so somebody. Is, you heard it song. right there. It is a song. We're going to figure this out, and there's not another segment. I'm going to figure it out during the break. Oh. And that's going to be the answer to what the Bears are doing at quarterback. That song. Was that? It sounded like Getty Lee. I don't think it was Rush. I know. It was one of those bands I no, always No, no, it wasn't. I know. Who was that? Oh, man. It did, but it did sound like Getty Lee's yeah. voice. Um, here's uh, polls on the idea that Caleb Williams wouldn't want to play in Chicago. Now, it seemed like Caleb Williams had a quote where he would be excited to play in Chicago. So I don't know if, if that's just him shooting this down or what. But uh, but here's Polls talking about that possibility because that has been a story around Caleb Williams for a few teams. No, no, no concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important. And I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or. If, if Justin were to stay here as well. Ha ha! 
Super it tramp. Is super tramp. Super yeah. tramp. <laughs> we all just. How did you know up. it was super tramp? I, I, they're in that weird like. There's like four bands from the '70s. I just confuse all the time. Okay, I mean, pull that up. It, the logical song is what it was called. So logically, they would trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, they would do that logically. It was Super Tramp, the logical song right there. And yes, it did sound like Getty Lee because Super Tramp's lead singer kind of sounded like Getty Lee. So can we definitively say... It was say before Getty Lee. Pre-Getty? Yeah, pre, pre-Getty. Can we... Def- well, that sounds like a great band name. <laughs> can we... Pre-Getty. Definitively say the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams now based on the music that was playing in the background at the Combine? Yeah, um, it is logical. All right. It is. That's the logical move. Yes, it is the logical move right there. And yet... <laughs> this is... Okay, this is going to... I mean, this guy, I never, I'll never forget this. Being a kid. When did this come out, Mel? Do you know when this... 1979. He is a 70s song. That was right. 1979. Okay. Okay. So I was 17 years old. And can I tell you right now, this guy's voice made me think, you're butter. And I never liked Super Tramp because of this guy's voice. I don't know who it is, who the lead singer is. Uh, Sammy Super But listen to the way he's singing. It just sounded so butter. Maybe, Soft. Maybe it's actually the Justin Fields song because he says, please tell me who I am. <laughs> You know what, though? Interestingly enough, I asked that same question many times on the football field. <laughs> even, though, even though you didn't like his voice, you heard it in, uh, in the guy from Disturbed's voice instead. <laughs> okay, that's enough of the super now, crime. Now we got to find right a now, cover of the song. I, I, I feel so good, though. That would have drove yeah, me that, nuts. That would have been. Have yeah. you ever had something like that, my brother? Yes, it's always music with me, too. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You, you're like, I know what is that movie? I know that movie. Yeah. That would have been you earlier if we didn't tell you uh, Jim Carrey that was Dumb and Dumber when he screamed, I don't yeah, care. Right. I don't care. One of the best scenes in cinema. By the way, history. national treasure for Canada. Jim Carrey, of course. Oh, I thought you were saying they were going to remake National Treasure in Canada. That's a totally different movie. Okay, what else do you have for me? Now? Instead of okay. stealing the Declaration of Independence. Instead of giving me this super tramp in 1979 and a guy who's got a whiny voice. They would be stealing a, an Easton hockey stick. Uh, Jonathan Gannon at the uh, Combine yesterday talking about Kyler Murray. Awesome. It'll be good for him. I know he's excited to go through OTAs, training camp, you know, preseason. Um, but, man, he's in there every day. But I think that, you know, I think you saw late in the year kind of where we evolved to. And, um, you know, we'll pick up where we left off and then continue to expand for him what he's comfortable with. And, as always, I thought Drew did a good job. Whoever we got in the fold, make sure that we're highlighting their skill sets. And uh, But the... The, the game will go through one. Ooh, there it is. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. The game will go through one. I love that right there. It's so um, it's so accurate. And yet at the same time, man, it is a situation where I see Kyler Murray getting incredibly um, comfortable in an offense that is going to be designed specifically to capitalize on what happened over the last four or five weeks of the season. The Arizona Cardinals went through a state of flux offensively, and right at the center of that, at the epicenter, 
was Kyler Murray. And now they got to build on that going forward, and that's what they're going to do. I think we could see, Basinonians, we could see Kyler Murray go from 25% of the time under center to as much as being up to a third. 33, 34% somewhere in there being under center. We'll see. I double checked. The Cardinals have not tweeted anything else about Kyler Murray today. So we only have three <laughs> Kyler posts so far this week. Kyler appreciation post means more to me when Gannon says that, something like that, where they're going to run their offense and everything through him. That's it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney. Thanks to Jesse Morrison for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.